Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, hey, good afternoon. Scott Luton, Greg White, and Kevin L. Jackson with you here today. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Or good afternoon. How you doing? Good morning. Uh, I tell you, this is uh, great. I've been looking forward to this for like the last couple of weeks. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, we've got uh, the supply chain buzz all teed up like like always every Monday, twelve noon Eastern time. Greg and I, and sometimes with uh, outstanding guest co-hosts like Kevin J L Jackson <laughs> and big guests like we have here today, all join us as we tackle some of the uh, the hottest topics across really global business. Of course. Huge, uh, big in supply chain, but across global business. Greg, how about you? How are you doing today? Uh, very good. It was a great weekend. I may or may not have got caught in a downpour, but it was not in the rain. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to, uh, everybody's going to get caught in a downpour of market intel, Ooh. insights, and POV Bam. here today. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be a very unique episode, too. We've got we've got a legend teed up uh, to join us about yeah. 1220. We've got Mr. Ed Archer of Samedia, better known as Special Ed. And he has got quite a legacy that he's been building for a couple of decades. So stay tuned. Hey, Greg and Kevin, we hmm. should give a tip of the hat to our friends at OpenText, yeah. which is uh, powering yeah. today's supply chain buzz. Uh, you Not know that event without them, yeah. right? That's right. It's got to, yes, that's right. They make a lot of things possible, including the supply chain buzz. But Greg and Kevin, we've been touting an event that they've been that they are going to uh, gear up and host in June. That's been moved to September, and we're we're locking in a date. It's going to be, I think, September fourteenth. But more to come. Stay tuned, and you can learn more about Open Text at OpenText.com. Okay, so let's do this. Let's say hello to a few folks, and then we're going to hit a few programming notes, and then we're going to dive into. The news of the day. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, Matthew Neely, he beat everybody to the punch. He, he shared this on YouTube uh, about 1130. He is geared up and ready <laughs> to hear from Special Ed. We are, too. Uh, Peter Bolay, all night and all day, is with us once again. He had a wonderful time with his uh, grandkids over the weekend, or at least maybe remotely celebrating some birthdays. Peter, hope this finds you well. Don Dapani. I think I've got that that, that right. Was very got, good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. We, hey, we try. It's important to get people's <laughs> names wrong. But if I got that wrong, please let me know. Thanks for tuning in via LinkedIn. Mervin is with us once again from Dublin. Mervin, hope this finds you well. Rhonda, who's been dropping some great content, helping folks, especially from that you know work life balance, mental mental yeah. goodness standpoint. She has tackled the live the live stream and done so with a plum. So yes, I don't oh, mean nice. a plum like the fruit. I mean like she's really good at it. <laughs> did you so just look that up? <laughs> I did. I did. I, I've got sharing all. I, I try to Kevin. find a new word every week and use it repeatedly throughout the week, and hopefully, <laughs> eventually, I learn what it actually means. That's right. I tell you, Google hey, is my favorite. It is. <laughs> Soft friends. <laughs> we know it was provenance for about 18 months with Gosh, Greg. I still love so that word. Still love that word. Hey, actually, right. we're going to talk about that. 
We're going to talk about provenance oh. of of provenance. media. Um, yes, we are. Yes. Right? With our guest. Yes, we are. All right. Let's see here. Uh, AA is with us from Wichita, Kansas. Mohib, great to see you. Hope this finds you well. Go shop. City of the Great uh, via YouTube is with us. Great. Thanks for joining in. Stay tuned for our special guest here about 1220. Bradford. Hey, Bradford's back with us, Kevin. We had yeah, a great hey, interview Brad. not hey, too Bradford. long ago. Yeah. Sorry, I think there's a little slight delay, folks. I'm trying to uh, use pregnant pauses, Greg and Kevin. <laughs> pregnant pauses. Um, <laughs> Ale is with us once again from Sudan. Hope this finds you well, Ale. Thanks so much for tuning in here today. And Thomas Carter is with us. Uh, the, I tell you, lots of movers and shakers here today. You guys need to play the special ed Everything is Digital video. Thomas, oh, you're, you're just taking a don't. sneak peek. Yeah. <laughs> don't get ahead of us here, man. Right. I tell you, Edu- giving up all the secrets. <laughs> That's right. Eduardo, <laughs> great to see you here today via LinkedIn. Shrenevis is back with us. Hello, everyone from India, and hope this finds you, your family, and, and really your all your friends um, successful in the fight against um, the second wave of COVID there. All right. So, and welcome hey, good news there recently anyway more recoveries than than new infections each day and the uh, mortality rate continues to decline every single day so that's great to hear it is great i appreciate you giving that uh good news we all need good news go ahead still still the the issue is that the economy has been shrunk pretty substantially by this issue and remember as with our uh our show with vikas khana chef vikas khana the issue is that some people literally earn their money today to buy their food tomorrow. So mm. still there's a lot of need there. I know we've got the we've got the site. When we post the site, please go share um, your gifts with that organization. So let's do that. Let's go ahead and I'm gonna share a couple of programming notes here. Greg just let off with the first one. So we're we're supporting a big effort to get uh, much-needed supplies over to our friends in India. So y'all check out viapod.org, which is a nonprofit. Every dollar goes to the fight, good fight. Or you can send a note to our friends at Vector Global Logistics who are helping marshal the resources uh, over there. So India at VectorGL.com. All right, so moving right along, let's see here. What else? Uh, so today on the main channel, the Supply Chain Real Estate Series is back. Greg, you remember it in uh, the series in our earliest days, right? In our yeah. first studio with Ward, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Seemed like forever ago, but it was. Well, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, Good hey, to have you beard, back. Right? That's right, Kevin. <laughs> check your beard. But hey, check out the, the, the newly reinvigorated series uh, powered by our friends at Prologis. And Ward and Melinda and Megan, we have a wonderful, uh, uh, really finger on the pulse conversation. So y'all check that out on the main channel. The replay was dropped today. Lots of webinars coming up. Lots of great learning opportunities coming up, including this one that uh, Kevin L. Jackson is going to be leading in July. We're way ahead of man. We're we're planning yeah. like the Dickens around here. July twenty seventh, one p.m. It's all about digital transformation. Imagine that. Uh, and Kevin's <laughs> going to be <laughs> Kevin's going to be navigating a great conversation with our yeah. friends from Esker. As it's well amazing. as they're one of the, they're really a digital transformer. I mean, mm. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I am too. And 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 so we've got Kevin, we've got Esker, and we've got Dr. Morgan Swink from Texas Christian University, who has uh got his finger on the pulse of a lot of great things taking place across 
the digital transformation landscape. Hey, tomorrow, Peter Bolay already mentioned it. Tomorrow, if Kevin's on the buzz, that means Dial P is just around the corner. Kelly has got a wonderful show teed up with some big names and Marcel and Jacobs. So y'all join us tomorrow live at 12 noon Eastern time. And now, are y'all ready to get down to business? Let's get down. Hey, we can't let the legend hang out in the, in the digital green room too long. So let's dive into three <laughs> news stories. And then we've got uh, Special Ed joining us here in just about 12, 13 minutes. So the first story here today, Greg, Amazon, man. They're adding to their army. Tell us all. Tell us a lot more about this. Seventy-five thousand new jobs. Wow. The, um, and at at good pay rates, well above the whatever we want to call it, the hope hopeful fifteen dollar minimum. I think they're starting at seventeen ten an hour. Mm. So all those folks whose unemployment pay has just recently been cut can earn almost as much as they've been earning from the government now. So. Um, and more than they will be shortly as as those uh, benefits are reduced. So great opportunity for folks to get back into the work, workforce. When I posted about this article, the big question was, and interesting, Srinivas from India had a lot to say about the opportunity that exists in front of us for people if they will just get back to work, right? The, um, the issue has been, and as I said, I may or may not have been caught in a downpour uh, at a local cons, uh, constabulary this weekend. <laughs> somehow, no kidding, somehow, uh, in the midst of dueling pianos, we were talking about the labor shortage. So um, regional vice president from a major a major trucking company, Transforce, 60 jobs, not a single application in three weeks. Um, a, a, another young man who works for a cybersecurity firm, Kevin, of all things, Fresh out what? of school from Illinois, a fight in Illini, he was talking about how they are giving sign and stay bonuses to new graduates to get them to come to work rather than to go on an employment or, or whatever. Um, and and a cup, but a couple of really encouraging conversations I had. Also, uh, my friend Mike, who has his own trucking company, only just a small number of trucks, lacks for neither drivers because. It sounds to me like it sounded to me like at the bar that he basically conscripts his cousins into driving for him, and they really have no choice. If you've ever yeah. met Mike, he's a big dude. You would not want to tell him no. Uh, <laughs> former former UGA player, um, and then also talked to a company called Happy Gig. So get this: believe it or not, not only are there people who actually are working and looking for work, though. By the way, sixteen million workers still remain on pandemic assisted unemployment. Wow. So, um, you know, I think the government has finally acknowledged that that's having a detrimental effect on, on pricing vis-a-vis -vis labor, on pricing vis-a-vis -vis, uh, inflated demand, and they're starting to take some of those away. So we'll start to see a bunch of those folks move back into the workforce uh, but anyway, the good news was this company called Happy Gig, H-A-P-I Gig. Um, and what they do is for people who are working, who have a full-time W-2 job and want more work, like to work maybe a few extra hours mm -hmm. in an Amazon warehouse, they can sign up. They become a W-2 worker for that company, which a lot of companies require now because right. touching, touching the goods and that sort of thing is a huge responsibility. 
So there are people looking for extra work and it is a real, I mean, you want to talk about encouraging. I mean, these people who are doing that, they may be the saviors of American society, frankly, that people really want to work, work hard and work more than uh, one job to lift themselves up out of their economic situation, to build a, a better life for themselves and for their kids and to encourage a strong work ethic for their kids. I think that in and of itself is, that is just so powerful. And I'm glad that people are doing it. So, excellent. Yeah, I really think uh, one of the issues though is this patchwork of minimum wage that we have across the across the country. There, there are states and areas where the minimum wage, you just can't live uh, comfortably. Um, and it's nas- I know, you know, it's, maybe it's political, but a national minimum wage that gives actual living wage to people is important. And uh, I think that's part of this issue, this balance between giving assistance to people that can't get the work through, you know, no reason of their own, no cause of their own, Mm. and the ability for people or companies to just pay minimum wage. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think almost nobody pays minimum wage these days. Um, I mean, and they can't, thankfully, right, Kevin, because right. the demand it outstrips the supply of workers. And I think hopefully we'll see some um, some real economic impact that that forces work uh, workplaces to pay a living wage to get people to work. So, yeah, well, uh, one last comment here and we got to move to the next story is, you know, Amazon. It's really interesting. Just last week, they opened up uh, their latest um uh, daily cargo service to the, the international airport in Pittsburgh. And so they continue to, to, to bring on more and more of their own uh, freight demand and, and, and cargo, you know, moving stuff. So yeah. it, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. So, um, well, that's not going backwards. That's been the strategic plan since yeah. they were failed by the big parcel carriers in 2014. And they really accelerated in 2016 and 17 when they were failed yet again and continue to be failed. So they really have no choice because they produce so much parcel volume. Right. They have to be in charge of their own destiny. Yes. They're bringing it into uh, their own control, their own hands. So good stuff there. All right. So let's keep driving. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Kevin talking about okay. counterfeit, uh, counterfeiting and <laughs> privacy, which has increased dramatically. What's going on here? Yeah, you know, uh, there's been a study on international trade in counterfeit and pirated products. In 2016, it was like uh, $509 billion. That's what it'd be. And that's an increase. Yeah. (laughs) And that's an increase of $150 billion since uh, 2013. And what's even more important, it represents two and a half percent of the value of world trade. Okay, and these these poor quality counterfeit electrical components, software, metals, really getting to your cars, the plane you're going to fly, the appliances, your computers, and and it it really contain uh, uh, toxic materials. Mm-hmm. Violations of logos, marketings, you know, serial medicine. Numbers. Yeah, PPE. Medicine, I mean, there's there's some big concerns. This. Well, uh, I mean, they, if if you're offshoring your 
if you're offshoring, I mean, then this is not new, frankly, no. but if you're offshoring your production to China, you can bet that your molds for whatever you're building or your stamps for whatever you're stamping or, or whatever your designs are being re, are being used by someone in China to, to make something for someone else. I know that it happens. We were inadvertently part of it back in the early 90s when the same factory who made our tools also made craftsman tools, we found out they were actually making us craftsman's tools and just simply stamping our name mm -hmm. on, on the tool itself. It's, it's part of the culture of, of Chinese business and it remains so. And it's, I mean, it's not just China, of course, Kevin, right? But no, that's predominantly the, where the issue lies. So well, China is a, it's a huge um, economic power right now. Um, and it's growing, and but the protection of intellectual capital is really not as strong in China as we would hope. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, well, you know this this report that was very diplomatically put. <laughs> well, this report uh, uh, that was put out from the International Chamber of Commerce via we got it here via the World Trademark Review. To, to Greg and Kevin's point, they point to China, along with its global trading partner and transit point, Hong Kong, is what the report says, is the top producer and distributor of counterfeit goods, therefore providing a seamless environment for counterfeiters. So that's right out of the report and, and the data. So huge problem, huge problem. But Kevin, uh, any, any final thoughts here before we move to the third and final story? Actually... Go on to the third, because I think this is a sort of an extension of the second. Yeah. So when I glanced at this really quick, I thought that was Metallica. I thought that was a shot of, the, of Metallica <laughs> on concert, but it's not. But nevertheless, so let's talk about streaming and, and artists are demanding a different way of doing business, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone knows that the world of commerce is transitioning not transition, it already has transitioned from physical to virtual. And the value of virtual goods is even more important than the, the, the physical world. And one of the areas is entertainment. I mean, who doesn't stream their music while they're working out or walking? And, and uh, Netflix, I mean, binging on video streams is like what everyone has done for the last year, right? right. Locked up in their, in their homes. But uh, the content creators are really getting uh, shafted, to be honest, okay? They're not getting their due when it comes to payment for the, 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 the value they deliver, the cultural value, the entertainment value. Uh, and this week, over 150 artists in the United Kingdom, including Paul McCartney, Kate Bush, Damon Albarn, Chris Martin, and, and Wolf Alice, signed an open letter to the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson, to reform the streaming economy and to put the value of music back where it belongs, into the hands of the music makers. Um, and they actually talked to a lot of the uh, politicos there in the United Kingdom and told the ministers there that the low streaming payments were threatening the future of music. And uh, new acts, you know, people that are trying to break into the business, they are facing massive competition 
-hmm. from classic artists due to the algorithms, right? Uh, and they and I counterfeit. I mean, people are. I mean, let's let's face it. You 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 get a um, a, a streaming subscription and you're enjoying it, and, you know, your friend wants to listen to the music, or you have a Netflix. I know no one here does it, right? But you share your password <laughs> to your family members to look at uh, video. But uh, companies like Spotify warn that if you actually increase subscription prices, people could even do more piracy on the music. So, um, you know, cloud provides a lot of uh, value and a lot of ease of uh, consumption when it comes to this. But, I mean, we, got, we, we can't afford to get rid of the people that make our lives worthwhile. Agreed. And, and, we, and hey, look, we've got to protect our IP, right? Whether yeah. you're in the music industry, whether you're in, in other areas where you're, you're, you're putting in your blood, sweat, and tears into creating content for, for consumption, you got to protect that. Uh, it's, it's livelihoods and, and it's all the, the folks that, that make a living, you know, and, yeah. and not just artists themselves, but everyone else. So, but well, there's this, go ahead, Greg. Well, I was just going to say, there's a ton of disequity in this because part of the reason the algorithms highlight established what they call legacy artists is because a lot of legacy artists have a 10% royalty rate in their contract. Whereas, um, artists who, who came up in the, in the streaming era have a different royalty rate for streaming than they do for reproduction of 25%. So it motivates these streaming, uh, companies to, to put out old music rather than new music, but it also highlights this disequity in a, another way, which is these uh, older established artists, why are they not deserving of this 25% rate? And by the way, did anyone ever really think about the fact that Paul McCartney is getting 10%, not now, but was getting 10% of what the Beatles brought in and 90% of it was going to someone else? If that oh. doesn't identify if Paul a, a, a well-established dis disequity in the, in the music industry. This is a great article to read. It will enlighten you to a lot of things that go on uh, today and have always gone on in the in the music industry. Agreed. And this is and this is really not just music. It is a digital supply chain, and it's this is software, and everything in today's world yeah. is software. Yeah, agreed. So, folks, y'all check that out. Uh, great article by Adam Goldsmith over at NME. Um, also, I was going to say, if Paul McCartney's getting 10, Ringo should get no more than five, Greg, no more than five. <laughs> I'm getting, getting good. Hey, but speaking of legends, let's, let's talk about our guests here. I want to introduce our guests, Kevin and Greg. Y'all ready? Let's oh, do it. I'm All ready. Right. So let's, 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 I want to, uh, kind of set the table just a bit. So our featured guest here today grew up in the Flatbush neighborhood in Brooklyn. He's a son of Jamaican. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Crooklyn's finest, I believe I heard in some of the, uh, the, the prep stuff I reviewed. The son of Jamaican immigrants. He's the youngest of five boys. Uh, our guest exploded onto the music scene in the 80s. In fact, he signed his first recording contract when he was still a teenager. Uh, his hit, I Got It Made, was legendary, dominated the charts, turned him into a young star. His 1989 de debut album, Youngest in Charge, true to its word, it dropped when he was only 17 years old. 
and it hit the top 10 in the U.S. R&B charts. And that was just the beginning. More hit albums, singles, TV, movie appearances all would follow, including an appearance, Greg and Kevin, on one of our favorite movies, the 1992 film Juice that we still reference throughout all kind of conversations. Yeah. Uh, so we're welcoming a true legend here to the Supply Chain Buzz today. Let's welcome in Mr. Ed Archer with Samedia, better known as Special Ed. Ed, good morning or good afternoon. How you doing? Good afternoon, gentlemen. I, I want to, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. It's an honor and a privilege to be here among such wonderful, uh, very, <laughs> look, listen, let me tell you, let me tell you what's going on. These worlds are now merging. So now we're, it, isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So now we're, we didn't have much conversation or interest. We share the same interests now and the dialogue is opening up and that's beautiful and we need to have a lot more of it. I love agree. That. That's a, such a great point to open up on dialogue, regardless whatever issue we're having in business or otherwise, got to have that dialogue. So, you know, our audience, I'm sure, knows you well. Uh, but for, as, as Kevin mentioned pre-show, for the 5% yeah. that are always hanging around that might have their head in a hole somewhere, tell us a little bit about your, your musical journey, uh, especially at... Well, I started off, uh, I recorded my first album at the age of 15 when I was still in high school. And this was in the 80s. And um, my first single came out when I turned 16 years old. I was in uh, I was in school, yeah, high school, and it got enormous success, international success, and um, I was doing great. Apparently, you know, in, in the eyes of the press in the world, I was on top of the world. Mm -hmm. So when we look at the actual infrastructure of the business of music that's when we kind of got a deeper look and an understanding of what was really going on. But yeah. I've had the great, I had the great fortune of working with all kinds of celebrities and um, luminaries. I've, I've done work with the likes of Tupac Shakur, Biggie Smalls, and uh, many others that have led the way I've personally, you know, been sampled and, and duplicated and replicated and honored pretty much by a lot of the your favorite artists so you know it's just a it's just good to be back in this in this area to be able to introduce some things to the people well you know i love i love how you're using all of that experience and success and applying the, the, the to some of the biggest challenges we have across the digital landscape here today but kevin where are yeah. we going next here well, I mean, uh, first of all, thank you very much for for joining us. It's no, I mean, you are a legend, and uh, uh, everything that you've done in the the music industry, and but now you seem to be following that up in, in the business world. So, what's really on your agenda right now? Well, basically, I've decided I've took the concept of the record business and. Uh, the understanding is there's no more records. We don't really print vinyl, so it's media. Right. Everything is digital. So we've gone into the digital yeah. age. And now that we're in the digital age, how do we monetize that? How do we control that? And, and how do we grow and flourish as artists, as entrepreneurs? Because there's various industries that have digital assets and they all need, you know, the blockchain. They, they need security. So here I am, I have a media company, Send Media, and not only do I do entertainment 
and music side of things, but I'm into the tech space as well. I do media and tech consulting. Um, I have a website. It's semedia.io, and it will clearly kind of show you where I'm at in the space. And um, this is what I do now. You know, music is fun, and I still do that. I have artists, and this is all a part of incorporating the music industry into the blockchain. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it's a, it is a fascinating kind of confluence of of music and technology and supply chain. I mean, really, <laughs> right? I, yeah, I, you never I, thought you'd be uh, talking rap music, Greg, on a supply chain show, hey? Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad, but I got to tell you, I, I'm I got to ask this question before we move on. So, Tupac and Biggie, obviously not big friends. Would you consider they yourself were. a classic East Coast rapper? Yeah, I, I actually am, but I'm more of an international. At the time when I came out, hip-hop was more global and not divided into sectors and neighborhoods. It was yeah. more so like we are the hip-hop community. So what happened was it started breaking down and, you know, media started breaking it down to East Coast, West Coast, and then right. they started getting into the great divides. And when you that starts to happen, that's when you have confusion no leadership, no direction. And that's yeah, what we that's what we face with now. Yeah, well, and I and I think likewise with the technology, right? What we were just talking about, Ed, is is you know how we've got this sort of divide between between the musicians and the music industry and kind of not created but um exacerbated by technology, right? Nobody saw streaming coming and and they didn't really um, provision for it in the agreements that that a lot right. of you and your fellow artists have. So, so you recently created um, a video. We're going to share a little bit of that. But for the for DEG, the D Digital Entertainment Group, for their Tech Tech Ops Award, is that correct? Sir, they had their inaugural first ever Tech Ops Awards, and basically the digital uh, media environment from the content creators to content delivery to everything they they are honoring each other now and they're giving accolades and just showing because they they generate the billions they actually generate most of the income from all content so even movies movies probably make uh, 80 percent more when it goes digital especially now because of uh this whole covid uh thing right. that's happening so you know it it's that's where everything is is existing right now. It's all digital. And see, in my day, how this relates is in my day, we had uh, I had a record label called Profile Records that I signed to. They were the record label, they were the manufacturer, and they were the distributor at the mm -hmm. same time. Now, who were they accountable to? <laughs> and on leverage, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, not you. you know, they, <laughs> and they had platinum artists. They had Run DMC, Dana Dane, Rob Bass. I mean, you name it. They had these mega hit songs, yet the artists still remained in, you know, man. So, so now what yeah. this does is it has accountability. This is all accountability. We have, you know, smart contracts. We have everything blockchained in. We have an opportunity for entrepreneurs to go in and actually 
deal directly with their market, get paid directly, right. and not have mm-hmm. to deal with the bureaucracy and you know the, the the red tape and you know the triple books. You know what I mean? Like, and so, and verify when your when your art is being used too. I mean, Kevin and I were talking about that. By the way, uh, Ed, we're, I think we're going to rename Kevin Special K. <laughs> there, there is a special K. That's my. I favorite. know. That, I know. That's I tough. That's special problem. K. I got to make some So we got. A, we've already got a blockchain problem. So I'm going to support the intellectual capital of Special K. Okay. Yeah. I'm just telling the, you right now. The the verifiability I think is critical too because one of the things that's difficult in this streaming age with YouTube and people sampling and people. Uh, claiming fair use of music, meaning they use a small enough segment of the song that they feel they shouldn't have to pay for it, is with blockchain, we can verify whether that's true every single time it happens. And it could just, I could see it becoming automated. Somebody samples, I got it made, Ed gets paid. And I think think that is is a fantastic use of things. It ties very much into I'm going to use the P word, Scott, provenance, like <laughs> like we were talking about with counterfeit product and like we were talking about with, with piracy of, of products as well. So yeah. I think it's a fantastic vehicle. All right. Is it okay if we share a little bit of your video? Oh, absolutely. This is a video I did strictly for the sole purpose of the DEG Tech Ops Awards. And it was really a testament. It was like a commercial, almost a demonstration of what we at Send Media do. So what I've done is, uh, you know, written, recorded, and also did a video for them, just specifically for them with a message. And the message in it is exactly what we're bringing to the table and what we as the media envision. And and I want to thank Thomas Carter and I want to thank Kevin Jackson for just being visionaries and not just having that corporate mindset, but being able to relate it to everyday life and people we talk about you know family men people with belief and spirituality and mm-hmm. and it's not just about it's morality going on here and you can reach these pinnacles and these heights of your career and, and keep moving there's a lot of people out here that are very successful they're making a lot of money in the music entertainment industry mm. but but what are they doing for others yeah How, what are they doing to open the door to enable others in my opinion, I would rather see a thousand millionaires than one billionaire. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, I got to echo what you said there, Special Ed. Kevin, uh, you know, having collaborated with Kevin for quite some time, Greg and I and the whole team, he does it the right way. And he's and he's and he is brilliant and he's visionary. Amen. Uh, so to be able to rub elbows with with Kevin and Greg and the gang here is just uh, incredible. And having you here and, and there's a thousand questions, Greg and Kevin. That we'd love to get the next ten hours from from Special Ed, uh, and 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 really hear his stories because he's got so many of them. But yeah. let's give him a little sample. Yeah, of, give the people what they want. They that's right. Yeah, it. that's right. Let's play it. <laughs> Roll it, Clay. Oh, that's just uh, a piece of it. I'm I'm bopping right. with me. All right. <laughs> that's probably the best education that most people have gotten on the blockchain. Ever. It explains it so well. <laughs> well, yeah, a I've... part of that too is is not just uh, opening the space to the masses, but being able to educate them at the same time so that they understand why it's important. 
so that they understand, you know, tokenization and what this new market means in terms of economics and the shift in economics. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how does the blockchain help me? You know, how, how does tokenization help me? How does cryptocurrency help me? I mean, you have to know what's going on in order to participate or even to want to pay attention. So you're, I mean, you are making a real statement here and uh, your relationship with the DEG uh, obviously is a big, important part. But as an independent artist, can you maybe tell us more about, you know, why this is such an important mission to you? Well, this is an important mission because I need to even the playing field because we have a whole culture of artists and participants that are suffering. They're mm. suffering because their incomes and their monetization have been minimized due to uh, some technologies that are not available, you know, some ways of tracking. And um, this kind of changes and levels the playing field. So it's not just in the hands of corporate alone, but the, the end user and the artists and the entrepreneurs that want to participate can participate actively, reach their markets directly, you know, uh, avoid piracy and, and get what they deserve from their business. A lot of these mm. people are small businesses. We're talking mm. about Amazon, who's grown exponentially because of this pandemic and because of the way they've been positioned to make money while other mom and pop and small businesses have to close down and shut down. So they're really assuming that portion of the economy from yeah, the smaller businesses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is a way where we have to get more direct and and reach out. And it's, it's it goes to entertainment, but it goes for entrepreneurship in general. So I want to circle back on some of the pain points you mentioned a second ago, but I want to share a couple of comments here. Bradford likes what uh, was said earlier. I get paid when my record is played. To put it short, I got it made. I think that's from <laughs> I got it made. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 I like, and I like what you were saying about the, the tracking in, in the blockchain where they can identify the music and the sampling and then automatically, you know, you're, you're built in. You're locked into yeah. that contract or, and, and getting paid. So it's almost like I don't have to worry about the the process of the licensing to every artist that wants to sample or if someone wants to sample without asking then it's it doesn't matter because i'll be getting paid directly and that's so, what every artist it, needs to understand it's a democratization tool right i mean it it Amen. I, don't, I don't know too much about all those layers you talked about in the music industry but do you think that this could minimize the impact of some of those layers or even allow artists to produce and distribute for themselves without or with less impact from record companies? Do we still call them record companies? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's really just a media company at that point. Yeah. And um, they they have history. They may have some, you know, tenure in doing business on a broader scale, but these artists will now have the ability to come out here independently without the, the use of a label. Now they can decide whether or not they want to include a label. Now, I will say that a label can provide you a bigger machine to operate in. But as an independent artist, you have an opportunity to grow your own machine and make your dollar from, you know, dollar one instead yeah. of waiting for the record label to define what you what your net worth is or what your net pay is. You know what I mean? Yes. 
So I want to circle back here. First, I want to say Big Show Bob Bova is with us. He's asking that that's the new theme song. We cannot afford that. We'd love to make that a theme song. <laughs> we have to write a big enough check. Um, but I want to go back to the, these pain points that Special Ed is talking about related to the music industry. Do you think the, the public, your average music consumer, is really aware of, of these, these challenges on the business side of music here in 2021? Well, no, but the artists are talking up enough and there's enough uh there's enough suffering going on in the community that we're speaking out about what is going on because the residuals they're getting for these for streaming on these uh platforms is less than it was for radio you know which wow. was which was the minimum as it was in the big anyway so it's like they're bringing it down down to where it's like scraps so now we have to find a new ecosystem that we can exist in that we can deal direct in and it's not just about the music we also have brands we have merch we have lines some people have colognes uh alcoholic beverages energy whatever it may be as an entrepreneur you have to exist in this ecosystem and and be able to flourish i mean Mm. i see a lot of people out here announcing their large achievements and oh we're doing this and we're doing this in this space and that space but congratulations on your success how about everyone else what are we going to do and that's what i'm trying to deal with i'm trying to deal with how to open this market up so everyone for one understands it so there's also an educational element where we have to educate the people now in order for them to know once again why this is important and why what is happening in the very world that you exist in right in front of you Mm. So, Greg, a lot of people are on, totally oblivious. Right. Mm. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, Greg, he's, he's on quite a mission is what, uh, what I'm picking up on. Yeah. I mean, Amen. It's, well, I think it and I, I think a noble mission, too, because it look, he's looking out for the little guy. Not, and, and I mean, let's face it. The big guys get ripped off, too. Uh, I mean, I think the record companies in the past, they needed to make a lot of money because you had to ply DJs and radio operators with gifts. Sometimes, um, yeah, let's just call them gifts. Get your music (laughs) played. Now, all you got to do is put it out there on Spotify or SoundCloud or your another streaming channel. And, and it, it's organic, it can be organic, right? You don't necessarily need the marketing or the influence that a lot of these record companies have. So, um, well, the, uh, you know, the uh, the Internet has made the cost of distribution so low, but that that uh, difference in cost is not being shared to all the artists. Also, that's right. Also, the actual market. I mean, there used to be a regional market for music, you know, regional artists. But there's no such thing as a regional anything. Everything is a global marketplace. Yeah, there's no boundaries anymore, right? So, right. so you know, I, I'm world, curious. Ever since they opened the World Wide Web. Right. Uh, there are no boundaries except for those countries that block the World Wide Web. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, did Greg on China. Iran and China, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, kn- you knew I was going there, Kevin. Um, but look, I mean, That's in the past... No, go ahead, Ed. Sorry. I mean, they have such technological countries, but yet they want to block technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of it so is social understand. engineering, right? 
they're trying to yeah. determine what their people hear. So Absolutely. wherever it, wherever there are no boundaries, you should have the reach. And I think, as Kevin said, you do and can have the reach and the cost of production, as as you've said, Ed, the cost of, of publishing, the cost of, of promoting, the cost of dis distribution, e even the cost of printing, it's are, are dramatically lower than they used to be. And I think all of the, that incremental margin is being absorbed by the media, uh, media slash record companies, rather than being shared is what you're talking about, right? Absolutely. I think what, what we're seeing is there's more to share, but it's not being shared because the contract doesn't obligate them to do so. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So it, it seems like you're trying to leave more of a legacy behind than just money or wealth or fame or whatever. I mean, it, this feels like it's about education. It's about fair play. It's about, I mean, it really is about helping your community. So can, can you tell us a little bit about kind of your thought? What's driving you to do this? Well, basically my, my personal life's experience is what, and I can imagine what all these artists have been going through, are going through. I've seen a lot of my friends, my loved ones lose their lives, lose their careers, you know, turn to drugs and just the streets and, 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 and they're, they have gifts. So mm -hmm. when you have people like this and you see this type of thing happen over and over, I've been seeing this happen for decades. So to me, the problem is that they're not able to apply their gifts in a way that it can help their lives. And, and when you can change that, then you can help more lives. And then you'll have less people turning to all the negative energy that is happening today. I mean, there's a lot of young artists out right now that seemingly are doing so well, yet they're killing each other, you know, and it's mm -hmm. online. And it's like they're filming this stuff. It's like this things are going haphazard really fast mm -hmm. and we need to get a handle on it. We need to get some education on it, and um, we need to change the direction and mindset of the youth moving forward so that they can be more prosperous and, and, and be thinkers and not run around out here like thugs in the streets because really mm. that's not what they are, and they're not born that way. They're just influenced by the media and by what they're shown, you know, and what they think hip-hop is because that's what the media shows them that hip-hop is. You so, said that earlier. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Agreed. But beyond being thinkers, you got to be doers like special ed is, is taking action to, 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 to help to, to make for a better industry and, and to, to truly um, uh, resolve some of the, the, the pain that's an industry and the, and the loss and uh, making things for the better. So I, we really admire what you're doing uh, to have a legend with the voice you have, the reach you have, the following you have, you know, apply all of that and, and your, um, expertise and experiences to making things better, uh, which will only benefit, you know, your efforts clearly are focused on music industry, but it's going to benefit all industry with, with movements like this. So I, I want to share a couple of comments and then Kevin, if you, if you'd uh, bring us home with this interview, I know we, we want to protect okay. special ed's time really quick. Uh, Clay shares uh, touring was some, was how some of these guys made all their money, even though their songs had millions of streams when COVID hit, they made nothing. Big problem in the infrastructure and exposes the artists, which are often just kids. Bob Bova says protecting IP when delivering products, music to end users is, is the challenge for us all. 
cloud makes distribution effective, but locking down any ownership compensation and illegal copies became the challenge of the decade. Excellent point mm-hmm. there. And I, I would just yeah, add, yeah. you know, Greg, we, we've seen it firsthand. Some of the content we've made over you know 600 plus podcasts right. and, and a couple hundred uh, uh, live streams, right. that content's being used in ways that we had ne- never planned for. Right. And then Mohib, which I would echo, I, I applaud, I appreciate you sharing this. Special Ed does have a vision that the world still uh, has a lot to transform to the level to, to level the playing field for all musicians. Yeah, I, I'm hearing a lot of vision and passion and been there, done that, and we got to do better in what I'm hearing from Special Ed, Kevin. Yeah, Deep, yeah. not words. Uh, absolutely. And, and one of the things I, I would like, in closing, I'd like to really bring up the, the fact that there is no room in the world for culture wars, right? Okay, people may have seen like Special Ed is going to be on what supply chain buzz? Why are these cultures, what does hip hop have to do with supply chain? And it's, it's, it's the emblematic of how everyone is connected, right? Mm-hmm. You can't give pain to one culture without feeling that pain in your own culture. We are all connected in a, in a global environment, in a global world. And we have to recognize that and support each other in whatever we do. So there are multiple cultures, yes, but let's celebrate the differences because the differences that we support and celebrate really enhance our own culture, enhance our own life. So Mm. don't be turned off by, quote, hip hop. All right. You can learn so much. Don't be turned off against one culture versus another culture. Mm. And I want to like, uh, thank Special Ed for being on this mission and, and joining us here on uh, Supply Chain. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I want to thank you much. for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. Truly. And, um, you know, definitely that's the media. That's my goal is just to open the dialogue, open the doors and just kind of let everybody share, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Share ideas, solutions, and be able to help each other moving forward in this global economy. Mm. Well said. Thank you so much, Special Ed. Y'all check yeah. out samedia.io and you can learn a lot more about what he's up to and this, this incredible mission that he's on. Well, on behalf of our entire team, thanks so much for carving time out here today on your busy week. Happy birthday, by the way. Happy 27th. Yeah. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. We should have let off with that, but to, to spend some of your time here, uh, thank you very much. We we'll hope to have you back. All right. This is the gift. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we've been Thanks. talking with the legend, Mr. Ed Archer, uh, all better known as Special Ed with Samedia. Thanks so much, Ed. Thank you. You guys have a great day. Wow. That is uh, what I, you know, uh, Kevin, back when we were talking about uh, Special Ed making his appearance, mm-hmm. you know, I'm slower than both of y'all. Greg, Greg and Kevin is light years, both of them are light years ahead of me. But man, to echo your final point, everything is connected. And, and what I, what excites me about this is it can potentially be a transformational use case for blockchain. And we're looking for more yeah. and more of that, right? Because it has all the potential to truly transform industry. 
and and you know rising tide lifts all ships. Um, Kevin, so I see special ed as the epitome of a digital transformer. Going back to my show, <laughs> and that's why I am so um, thrilled to be working with supply chain now. And, and thank you both, uh, Scott and Greg, for you know giving me the latitude to uh, explore these edges of, of the business world. Well, hey, this is it's, it's, this is some of the best parts of the journey, right? When we when really, you know, so many folks, I think, and I, I've made the mistake, Greg, I'd love to get your take here. I, we've all made plenty of mistakes. You, you, you start making content and you can put blinders on and then you can eliminate some of the great conversations that you should be having because everything is so interconnected. But Greg, yes. what's some of your key takeaways here? Yeah, well, one, uh, I'm sure I've made far more mistakes than you have and probably more catastrophic as well. So... <laughs> Uh, fear not, people. You can survive anything. Um, <laughs> I think. The, I think the other is, I love this as an education point. First of all, who doesn't love music? And to, and to Ed's point, who does have a problem with rap music? If you do, listen up. Um, <laughs> um, but but I, I think that important. There's an important thing to identify here and that is i'm gonna say it because i got nothing to lose by anybody in the music industry blackballing me music is a predatory industry they take advantage of disadvantaged people who are more art artists than business people and they take their a big portion of their dreams from them and hold them beholden to a contract i've seen it happen Mm. um not personally non-musician um but I, i mean i've literally had known people who've had that happen and this is the great democratization of one of the most disruptable mm-hmm. industries that needs disruption to give back the dreams, the, the ownership, the copyright, the rights, frank, frankly, the to the artists who stolen. are the creators, right? right? Yeah, the dreams that have it. been stolen. I love I, it. I love it. Yeah, it, it, yeah that's right. Um, so I, I think it's a fantastic initiative. I think it's great that, that Ed is... He's taking control of his his and other people's destiny and aligning it with the needs and desires and opportunities of the artists of today. And I, I love that he is trying to change the lives of others with it. So mm-hmm. I love that, too. We always knew that music would truly save the world. This, this perhaps was one of the newest opportunities for that to happen. Um, all right. So before we close, I know we've got a tight window to close here. I got to share this from Peter, Kevin and Greg. Peter has calculated the value of Greg's pallet back behind him. That's a seventy-five dollar. <laughs> that's a seventy-five dollar uh, pallet. And then Mervin says, "Peter, that's why he treasures it." <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Mervin. Thank you. That is right. Well, hey, it's Mervin to Dublin when I come there, Mervin. That's, that's right. Mm. As order leads to chaos, chaos leads to a new order. Yeah. Mervin, man, that is absolutely. I'm going to write that down. Seriously, you know, it, it, what you guys were all saying made me think of a Maya Angelou quote. No, one of us is free until mm. all of us is free. Yeah. Right. And that's what this initiative is all about. No one of us. No one of us is free or no one of us has opportunity until all of us has opportunity. You know, paraphrase it however you will. Right. It, it just struck me when you guys were talking about that. So excellent point. OK, so uh, as we wrap here, uh, Kevin. I love how you challenge everybody to have a um, 
a brighter digital future in, yes. in your digital transformer episodes. So uh, I'll give you the last thought here before we all sign off. What, what, what do folks need? To, they got to take away from this conversation with special ed. Number one, everyone is connected. Okay. We all have our own cultures. We all have our own values, but they all support each other. Let's, let's focus on that. If we haven't learned anything from the past year, we're all connected. So let's, let's strengthen that connection. Let's not tear it down. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And, and celebrating the differences, you know, that's, a, that's part of the, the beauty in life. And sometimes that creates, it can create some tough conversations and some conflict. But if we truly celebrate it and have that dialogue that, that Ed was talking about on the front end of this conversation interview, that is so really important. So with all that said, folks, I hate to close this down. Matthew Neely asked if we could close out with the entire song. We can't, but we can. I think we can drop that link in to the entire song uh, into the comments. Y'all check that out. You got it. If you haven't, if you're part of the 5%, Peter Bole, not calling anybody out, but since you self-identified, uh, y'all got to check out. Peter <laughs> said, I am the 5%. No. That's right. He's self-identified. But y'all got to check out I Got It Made. There's a huge reason why that was such a big hit. The riff on it is just, it is a very, it's just really cool. So y'all check that out. Check I out. Thought, Scott, you were going to do some rapping here. Uh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> hey, y'all, have to, you'll have to tune in to Dial P tomorrow at 12 noon to hear, hear me rap. So, Scott is a, he's a big rap fan. Uh, yeah. Seriously. You can identify that song in like half a note. Oh, oh man, I don't know. That's, that's a tough challenge. But uh, yeah, Tribe Called Quest was was uh, one of my um, uh, groups I loved growing up. But we'll, we'll save that for another time. Huge thanks to the whole team. Of course, Clay and Natalie and Amanda behind the scenes making it happen. Big thanks to my, my uh, incredible co-hosts here, Greg White and Kevin L. Jackson. Of course, huge thanks to the folks in the cheap seats. All the great comments. Really appreciate that. A lot of poetry in the comments here today. And, of course, the one and only, a legend, Special Ed, dropping in, sharing clearly deeds, not words, and the, and the special noble mission that he is on. What a great episode, The Buzz. Hey, what a great way to start the week. Most importantly, if you do anything at all, do good. Give forward. Be the change that's needed. Be just like Ed Archer. And on that note, we'll see you next time right here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.